Uncorked. This is the last episode of 2020, the last Tuesday of 2020, and it feels only so appropriate to be live with Matt Daddy Corker. Welcome! <laughs> Daddy Corker, that's new, I like it, I'll keep it. Uh, is it Papa or Daddy? And it's just, congrats, bro, what a year 2020 has been, and I thought that as we wrap up Uncorked for the year, I wanted to take a moment with you to look back on what 2020 has been, dare I say, the good, bad, and beautiful, and then we'll switch gears halfway through and, and look to the forecast. What is 2021? How does that sound? I love it. Let's do it. Well, 2020, bro, looking back. <laughs> I think it's just like the collective, mirror. like, uh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, I think there's like that acknowledgement right mm-hmm. off the bat is so critical because I think that anytime we look back things can make sense in reflection we can see red threads in reflection we can see the silver lining in reflection and the reality is we're still in the middle of a global pandemic Mm. it's still really real and really we can't see the rosiness of it all the time when you're still in the middle of it so I just want to be like yeah it's still like okay we're gonna look back while still trudging through a little bit of mud. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, clear as mud could never be more appropriate, you know? Totally. One of my favorite things, as no joke, is to take that reflection piece of where we are. So we get that Mm. we're not through. You know, we are in a bit of the middle of the mud puddle. But if you were to look back to from the edge of the mud puddle to where you are right now and say highlights, lowlights, what have you learned how do you sum up this year for you? Because you've changed gears like a race car and you've done it all in the midst of a global pandemic. Mm. And I'm going to provide context because from my vantage point, and this is what's so beautiful is that you get to tell us also from your perspective that we kicked off this year and you were leading a yoga retreat. You informed me to stop coughing into my hands and that I needed to cough into my elbow when I became really sick right before the Mm -hmm. outbreak of COVID in North America. We didn't see each other for nearly six weeks. And then you, as the CEO of the Corker Co., led us through some of the dark times and some of the times when, to be very frank now, I sat and thought, are we closing shop? What do we do? And you just held this beacon and said, stay the path and stay the course. And through that also provided a transition plan into becoming a dad. And what was the people pipeline? And how were we going to Hmm. inspire people to come and join the company when we didn't know what was going to happen in the world? And, And you continued to hold the light. And now you're three or four months in of not sleeping, of loving a human more than ever humanly possible. And I'm sitting here on the sidelines like, Matt, tell us, tell us what you've learned through all of that. Mm. Thanks for that. I was like, wow, February feels so far away, (laughs) but thanks for that. So a highlight of it all, I think is, you know, when people ask me, how's work Mm. and being able to, to really confidently speak to the fact that the team that is in place right now is so dialed 
that I never have to be like, well, you know, they get a phone call every week being like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) And so that to me is such a highlight and it speaks to your leadership staff. It speaks to Cecily and Emil and Connor and Kaylee and the the whole team, the whole team. So I just want to say that has really been a highlight because it then also bleeds into the next highlight of really truly diving into this world of full-time parenting in a way that I feel like I can actually be present to Mm. what's going on with my family, my child. And that, that ability to be present is such a gift during Mm. these crucial first months. Yeah. And so, yeah, I would say that that's a total highlight. I also think that not to talk just about work, but I think that the other highlight that I have is the knowing that the team sees a future beyond like we're planning not for next month Mm. but planning for 2022 already because we know that this isn't going to change overnight and things actually will change overnight and it's probably going to hunker down more and more restrictions come up and and what we're capable of doing and so rather than just getting stuck there being able to see a brighter future. And we'll, we'll, I guess we'll talk about what that looks like in the back half of the podcast, but that just is a highlight to know that our vision isn't two steps ahead, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And a highlight is also like really investing in friendships. Like, holy cow. I think that the biggest thing of 2020 for me has truly been identifying those on speed dial. Who are the people mm-hmm. I'm texting at 2 a.m.? Who are the people that when they're like, hey, you can see six people, like yeah. where, where do I go immediately? And just the power of really thankful for the people that are in this parenting journey with us because yeah. it's so helpful to see different examples of parenting that we look to as great models. Yeah. So there's obviously every way of being a parent and some were like, ooh, that wouldn't work for us or that would work for us. And mm-hmm. so we're just thankful that we have some of those good models. So we don't feel like, I don't feel like we're doing it all by ourselves. We still have that support system. Amazing. Yeah. Dare I ask, have there been any low lights? Oh my gosh. Like, can we just talk about yesterday where I was bouncing on a ball for 45 minutes with a child screaming in your face? I think that the biggest thing, and maybe parents talk about this and I just haven't been a part of the conversation, but I would call parenting a small child the most abusive relationship I've ever been in Mm. because there's such love. Like the base that you come from is like, I am here to care for you and protect you and look after you and make sure that you're safe and loved and all of that. And then this thing called a human who can't communicate to you, who like will switch on a dime, really has tested my ability to be patient, Mm. to be present, to not take things personally when like they won't eat or when they won't <laughs> go to sleep. I'm like, you are tired. I know you're tired. <laughs> like, can you just go to sleep and you'll be happy? You'll be happy if you have a nap. And I've watched my husband, our mom, different people who early days that were interacting where they were like, what do you do in these situations? And we literally are like, no clue. <laughs> like the, I don't know. Yeah. And so a low light would definitely be like, there's some truly, truly hard moments mm. that I've never experienced seeking validation from mm. someone before in this same capacity. Mm. 
So it's like, oh, when you're happy, I'm doing a good job. Mm. And I've never had that with any other human in my life. Mm. So there's lots for me to unpack there. And something that I've worked through, like the beginning of parenting was definitely low lights being like every time there was like a shriek cry or anger, like my whole body would respond. I would get sweaty. My heart would start racing. And when I get sweaty, I like get really sweaty. So now I'm like sweating on the baby. And so I'm like cleaning up sweat (laughs) from the baby and, and those moments. And what it's now become is more like, oh, you're like, something is going on in your life. And instead of trying to quelch your big feelings I just want to give you space to feel your big feelings Mm. because as an adult we go to therapy for the understanding of how to deal with big feelings and I was like why don't we just start as early as possible to like let big feelings be okay because the alternative is me trying to like work overtime to like make you feel okay when clearly he's not okay. And Mm. so why don't I just like let him feel what he feels knowing that he's safe and loved and all his needs are looked after and he may just like be feeling it, you know? Gravity is a new concept that he had to grapple with, you know? Farting was a new concept that he had to grapple with. All these things were new and of course they're gonna be overwhelming. Yeah, Yeah. wow. Oh, I get goosebumps and, and he's so precious when he screams <laughs> and he's, it is, it is lung capacity that makes me think he can, he's going to be able to do whatever he wants with those oh, lungs. Yeah. Holy cow. <laughs> I'm like, are you a singer? Are you a politician? Like um, you, know, you have something to tell the world. Like oh, let's... he could also be a cyclist or a rower bro. <laughs> Very high I mean, VO2 max. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> he, um, the, the lesson that I have learned, I guess this is like from the last point it was from Dora who's a meditation teacher Mm. and we were talking and she said every time I say I know I stop listening Mm. and so it happens habitually or it happens when I'm trying to relate to someone or it's like to build connection like I know or whatever it is versus like from a place of expertise just like from relationship and she's like I've noticed that I've I've stopped, like that stops conversation in some regard. Mm. And like last night I caught myself saying that to Sasha being like, oh, I know, I know it's hard. Mm. And I was like, actually, I don't know what it's like for him. And instead (laughs) the use of a mantra has really like shifted how I parent in those moments when it's like really dark and tired. (laughs) Like, And the mantra of last night was, I hear you and I'm here for you. And it just repeated that out loud for 45 minutes. Wow! (laughs) And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, how can I take all of those things and apply them into my own life? Yeah. And so the biggest learning is like every day, I feel like I see how I can show up differently for my friends, for my family, for my community in a different way than I did 24 hours ago. And I feel like that is like, for someone who is addicted to self-development, I am really enjoying that piece of this Mm. puzzle. Oh, bro. I love it because I sit and I come at you and I'm like, bro, (laughs) what's the future? What's tomorrow? And you're like, I don't know, sis. Today, (laughs) this is what I can tell you. And when I look back on 2020, those are words that I'm going to remember that you're like, today, 
this is what I know. And you always know what you know today. And you're so clear in that. And I appreciate that immensely. And as you were saying, I know what a great word to catch us saying and and what a beautiful example to transition that into a mantra, keeping our, our brain open to something different and not projecting or putting anything, some, maybe some, you know, someone, Sasha or a stranger doesn't need you to bring them down. They just need to be heard for that matter. The other thing, as you were speaking, I couldn't help but think of the article that Marcus Buckingham wrote for the Harvard Business Review this year on resiliency. Mm. And what he mentioned, which I think might have been a quote from someone else, was we build resiliency by doing hard things Mm. and being able to look back and say we made it through. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of that, be it parenting or be it parenting during a global pandemic, of doing things we've never done before. And when we've never done them before, they're hard. Mm-hmm. They're hard because we don't know the answer. We don't have a pathway. And that's what builds our resiliency muscle. And one of the other pieces that I really loved from the article was that he distinguished that a seven-year-old or a seven-week-old and a 75-year-old have the same capacity for resiliency and everything in between. And yet throughout this pandemic, we're like, oh, kids are so resilient, but it's it's the adults that aren't. Mm-hmm. And actually, he proved that completely incorrect, mm-hmm. that we are just as resilient. And so I share that because I think these lessons that you speak of with Sasha in the moment are lessons for us to remember, like express your big feelings, Mm -hmm. be in the moment, let it change tomorrow, grow exponentially. I mean, that little guy just keeps showing up that says, I know you love me. (laughs) Totally. And and what a gift. You know, Mm. I look at little Bernie. All Bernie knows is love, (laughs) but he's such a rascal. (laughs) So I hear that. I think these are really important lessons. And it's not because I think 2021 will or won't be any special way. I just think 2021 will call us to remember these lessons of 2020. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that as I look ahead, we'll soon be lapping our time that we struggled with earlier this spring. So soon it'll be March and it will likely still be in a global pandemic. And so we'll be able to be like, well, this time last year was the start of it. And so this idea of in these unprecedented times, like, nope, we now have precedent. Right. And so now these are just the times. Yeah. And the drama of what I will say the privileged world in that I have to stay at home and I have to work out from home and all of that, like get over yourselves, (laughs) you know? Yeah. We've been doing this for a full year now, if not more. And it's impacted other communities in a much greater way. And so I think for us, 2021, I think we'll start to see a greater divide and impact. I think Mm -hmm. there's been already great statistics come forward in terms of how this has already impacted women Mm. in the workplace, women at home. And just for context, which I know you would agree with, but the statistics are are devastating. They're not positive, but we are seeing the divide for sure. Yeah. And I think what the pandemic will continue to show are the areas in which this systems that are in place demand different people to be more resilient than others. Yeah. And instead of us focusing on let's build up resiliency, because like hat tip to Marcus Buckingham for doing the work 
that he's doing and sharing the good the good news about being resilient but there's another piece of like there's actually systems in place that we could actually change so that certain people don't need to be as resilient every single day yeah so i think like 2021 will really start to dive deeper into those conversations and i think corporations will be a big component to seeing some of those social changes yeah. because now more than ever we've seen that if we don't have a healthy workforce nothing else matters yeah absolutely yeah um well let's keep going there we have two minutes of the the forward view so we're we have two minutes of the podcast we have <laughs> two days left two days mm. left to this year before the calendar strikes 2021 and i am mindful bro this is going to be big and vague, but what are your hopes? What are your wishes? What are your plans and goals that feel, you know, that, that you feel you have the space to create or set uh, or manifest? What does that look like for you? Right out the front near mm. your car. So I was looking ahead. I think what I have in front of me is a total blank canvas in that a lot of the elements that I thought would be in place are now not in place mm. getting into the year. So they're there more, what kind of elements? Yeah. Well, so Chad's employment is up in the air. What travel plans look like mm. are very up in the air. What communities I'm involved in or serving are also up in the air. Work with certain boards has also changed. Yeah. So just like what I would say is like everything's on the cutting room floor right now. Like I'm really... If I was in the kitchen right now, my cutting board has a lot of different ingredients all over it. So I feel very abundant in options. Mm. What I will also say is that knowing that it's the pandemic, it feels like there's not clarity in terms of which ingredient is needed right mm. now. So what I'm leaning into for 2021 is the ability to change gears quickly. Mm. And what I would say right off the bat is that I know in some way there'll be a digital offering of, to be able to reconnect with communities I would have seen in person in 2021, mm -hmm. but I've been marinating on new leadership books, the things that I've learned from little Sash face, like there's mm -hmm. just something that I know I'll be able to synthesize this in 2021 mm -hmm. to offer the world again. Amazing. I would also say that, uh, you know what, I'm going to declare 2021 is the year that we really get to know our neighbors. Mm, cool. <laughs> Something something's yeah. going to happen in the world of community where, you know, we've had to be so distanced and so like sending text messages and Instagram DMs. Yeah. I want to know them in a different way. And so if I was looking at personal goals, that would be really invest in our community locally. Mm -hmm. And then with my health, what do I see in that regard? It's going to be a year that I find different challenges virtually. Mm. Whereas this year, I kind of was like, oh, I don't really want to do that because I don't want to be on another Zoom, blah, blah, blah. And in 2021, I think there'll be new different platforms will come forward through the health and wellness world mm -hmm. that will actually be really inspiring. And so I'm excited to be a part of those communities and those yeah. digital offerings. 
I love it. We're going to go a few minutes over because as you were talking, I just had to write down two important questions that I know really struck me. And so I feel like they'll strike, strike, streak other people as well. And that is you're in the kitchen and there's an ingredient missing. You Mm -hmm. know, that is the question. And if I were to be in the kitchen and know an ingredient is missing, what do I do? And better said, what do you do when you sit and acknowledge that question, bro? Mm. An ingredient is missing. Like I think the ingredient that used to be there and now isn't is like predictability, reliability. And so when an ingredient is missing, for me, the, the easiest thing would be to like, how do I add that back in? Like, how do I get predictability? How do I get reliability back in? But what this past year has taught me is like, well, maybe there's something different that needs to be added in instead. And so for me, it's like courage or flexibility or a willingness to change. That could actually be what's needed now. Paprika was nice and now we need cinnamon. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's so perfectly said because, <clears throat> and you just said that, you said this yourself. When we see that something is needed, it doesn't mean we go back to what was missing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful distinction. And when you're in your kitchen, one thing I did learn from Chad Clark is usually add more salt and never cook (laughs) without butter. And what I love about that is that salt is so simple. It's not paprika. It's not cinnamon. You probably have salt in your kitchen and never leave out butter. And this is all proverbial figurative language here, unless you're a vegan, of course, and there's vegan butter. Chad says, you know, add in the fat. And to me, that's like add in the love Mm. and both scenarios. And exactly as you've said so beautifully, we don't need to look for what's missing. What we get to sit and create is what is needed. Mm -hmm. And let's marinate on that one. And then you said, because when you know what is needed, you know how you can change gears quickly and talk about speed. I mean, things that we thought would take a long time happened overnight in 2020 (laughs) and some things feel like it took seven years. And so the last question before the last question that I want to ask you, bro, is do you have one tip to offer that help us be in a place that with this, we can change gears more quickly. And I'm going to answer this question as well. So you go first. Say that one more time for me. One tip or one piece, one offering that you can give our listeners to help prepare them to change gears quickly. Mm. I'm going to hat tip Dora again and say, if you didn't know what you knew, what would be possible? If you didn't know what you knew, what would be possible? So if you didn't know your entire past, if you didn't know what happened last year, if you didn't know all of these things, what would you then like by being observant to what is being said today, by being observant to what is happening today with your community, with your clients, with your families, what is actually possible today? Mm. Duke Stump would say, quiet your genius. And I think that that's the tip for like, how do you move quickly? Stop pretending like we know we don't and then create from that place. Gosh, there's a truth bomb to be quoted. (laughs) I wanted to answer this because I was so inspired to hear you say it. And earlier this month, I was listening to a podcast about this beautiful woman in her 70s who's Jewish. And there's a Jewish holiday, Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur. 
thank you, in September. And what they do is they come together and clear up all of their, their baggage because it's the holiday that celebrates that they may die. And this year, without it being focused around death, I certainly thought like, what needs to be cleaned up? And what needs to be cleaned up consistently and constantly, and that can be purging my closet to a credit card bill to big conversations. And, and so I think that the more light we are, the faster we can fly. And so what needs to be cleaned up and cleared out to fly quickly? And when you said change gears, I was like, yes clean it up. But mind you, I did get into a habit. This is a quick tangent, but I realized that as a child, I had imaginary friends and had no problem with them. And so this pandemic has kind of been like me and my imaginary friends. And then I got a dog who like has felt like a real life imaginary friend. Anyway, I went on a spree of baking candles and any glass container that I had at the cabin, I poured soy wax and essential oils into and made candles. And so this whole idea of flying fast, it's like, I better give all these candles away very quickly because I have just become a candle factory. (laughs) So that's the only thing that feels incorrect right now. Well, isn't that like, if you wanted to sum up what we could do in 2021, it's like, you see an opportunity, create art, create something to offer and then give it away. Give it away. Whether that's for money or otherwise, now is the time where it's like generate something that makes you feel fulfilled Mm. and let's share it more quickly, more abundantly, more broadly. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, shockingly or not, we're over time. And our last question, as per always, has been, what is making your heartbeat faster right now, bro? What is making my heartbeat faster? I... I'm really enjoying kitchen dance parties. My husband used to never like dancing in the kitchen with me, but when I'm holding a baby, (laughs) somehow it gives me full permission to slow dance with my husband in the kitchen. And that's really (laughs) amazing. Well, with that, we wrap. I'm Wait, what are you, what's making your oh, heartbeat faster? What's making my heartbeat faster? Well, I'm not going to lie. What's making my heartbeat faster is that my precious puppy Bernie has swallowed one of my running gloves and I'm trying to just accept it for what it is, you know, like dogs eat things. But what I haven't shared is that he swallowed one of my running gloves from the Vancouver Marathon. And I feel like he's trying to tell me something like forget running the Vancouver marathon. (laughs) (laughs) I see you. I'm going to eat this. (laughs) Oh gosh. What's actually making my heart beat faster is getting this glove out of him in the safest way possible. And it's equal parts worry and love. This cannot be a good thing. So the glove needs to leave the puppy. (laughs) Love out. (laughs) oh bro thank you so much to all of our listeners that have been along for the journey what a ride 2020 has been and our next podcast will meet you in 2021 here we go 